Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 121 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I'm the witchy, wild, and free creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio. And before I get started today, I have something very important that I have to do. And it goes a little something like this. Hi, Lauren! <laughs> Lauren, you just wrote to me on Facebook saying you're going to be listening to the show live. So, hi! I always get a kick out of people telling me that because it takes, I think it takes my feistiness level up a few notches <laughs> to know that, you're actually there listening live and to have the name of the person and the image of you in my mind, it's like we're having a conversation. And I'll just now to say a hi to Mara, Sandy, Julia. There are people that regularly listen live and I'm saying hi to you too. But Lauren actually wrote to me this morning and said, I'm going to be listening live. So but I just got a kick out of that. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I posted on Facebook, which is the post that Lauren said this on, a really groovy piece of art that I love, but also this quote from C. Joy Bell C. to promote today's show, to let you know, hey, today we're doing the Hippie Witch Show like we do every Tuesday at noon. And the quote goes like this, our bodies have five senses, touch, smell, taste, sight, hearing. But not to be overlooked are the senses of our souls. Intuition, peace, foresight, trust, empathy. The differences between people lie in their use of these sentences. Most people don't know anything about the inner senses, while a few people rely on them just as they rely on their physical senses, and in fact, probably even more. I think that that is true, which is why I shared that quote. But I also believe that these inner senses that she speaks of, intuition, peace, foresight, trust, empathy, is that a she, C, Joy Bell C? I don't even know. This person has some kick-ass quotes on Goodreads. <laughs> I don't even know, to be honest with you, if it's a guy or a girl. Anyway, these I believe these senses, intuition, peace, foresight, trust, empathy, I believe they can be accessed through touch, smell, taste, sight, and hearing. And this is an idea that is very exciting to me, and that is actually what I wanted to talk about today. Continuing on with these themes that I've been exploring about care of the soul as being like physical, earthly business, and then also, witches who run with the wolves. I just did another, my second book nerd post for July on that theme, witches who run with the wolves. 
I'm exploring Clarissa Pinkola's book, Women Who Run With the Wolves. I'm trying to present it with kind of a theme for each week. So the post yesterday has to do with the life-death-life cycle, which for me is, that's the biggest takeaway, I think, from this entire book. If I forget everything else that is in this book, and there's a lot of stuff, good stuff in this book, I think the life-death-life cycle is what it's all about for me. It really deepened my practice as a witch, honoring the life death life cycle it sets you free in a way to come face to face with death with and that's something a lot of us work with during um, halloween and Samhain. it's a time where we consciously start working with death and when you are new to anything witchy or magical that seems very scary and unnecessarily dark and strange and then once you're in it it's actually super duper light and beautiful it's the truth. <laughs> Everything dies, and every death is not an ending, but it's actually a new beginning. And that is one of the most powerful things that I have experienced in working with the Wheel of the Year. And in working with nature, I don't, I'm, I wouldn't call myself, I mean, I guess with a wink and a smile, I would say I'm a, a nature worshiper, but I. I don't really have a religion. I'm not a Wiccan. I don't really worship any gods or goddesses. But in working with nature and connecting with nature and being physical out in nature but also just observing it, I've learned that. And then also just the way Clarissa Pinkola Estes presents it in this book, um, that really hit home for me. So that's what yesterday's Book Nerd Post is largely all about. And I really have men in mind when I'm putting these together, not because – they're just for men, but also I think a lot of men might avoid this book because women is the first word in the title. So I'm very conscious to choose quotes that I think will speak to everyone. So if you don't want to read the book, you can just read those book nerd posts as kind of like the cliff notes. <laughs> and um, I think you'll get some of the more powerful messages coming through. I actually made a mistake when I sent out – this last weekend's newsletter, I forgot to link <laughs> the first book nerd post. So it, it says, you know, book nerd post, kick-ass quotes from women who run with the wolves, but there's no link, so you got to go digging around for that. But also in that newsletter, I shared a quote by Alan Watts that totally inspired today's topic, which is coming to your senses on this theme of soul retrieval. And the quote is like this, when one speaks of awakening, it means dehypnotization, coming to your senses. But, of course, to do that, you have to go out of your mind. So I totally did a riff on that in the newsletter about what it means to go out of your mind and how going out of your mind can be a good thing. And then I'll just read you a little excerpt of that. I actually cut and pasted some very handy quotes and excerpts into a little PDF today so I wouldn't ramble too much. <laughs> I said, your mind can be trained, especially when you are very young, to separate you from your true self. It can be taught to fall in line with someone else's agenda and shamed into dis disassociating with the very body that so graciously houses your soul, which in turn cuts you off 
from your soul in a way that makes you far easier to control and manipulate. It's a vicious cycle, and in this way, you become hypnotized to the program, the program of the religion or government you were brought up in, or some corporate agenda, or even just the culture at large. This creates a deep sense of dissatisfaction, and that is a very good thing. That dissatisfaction is the voice of your soul trying to cut through the noise. It is the voice of your soul calling yourself, calling you back to yourself. The call of the wild, the wild within. And I know I'm in danger, I think, of sounding redundant (laughs) because I've actually been exploring this theme from a variety of directions for a few months now. But I'm not done with it. I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm repeating myself or like I'm circling around this idea over and over again. But for me, in circling around, I'm kind of like moving in a spiral that's going deeper and deeper and deeper. That's my experience of it. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm going to hang out here at least till the end of July, maybe longer. I don't know. (laughs) But I'm really interested in this idea of accessing soul through the physical because you – our nature. And nature is wild. Therefore, you are wild. You are wild at heart. (laughs) And you may have been tamed, which is what I was saying about you've become hypnotized to the programming. Um, You've been domesticated. You've been thoroughly domesticated. But It's not too late to run away and into the woods. It's not too late to unplug and go feral. If only on the weekends. (laughs) Rewilding. You've probably, I'm sure, heard me talk about this. It's in one of the modules for the Psycho Spiritual of the Year. I do a whole rewilding challenge in that. It's largely inspired by Daniel Vitalis. I always name drop him because he has been a huge influence in my life. It's really fun to see him enjoying the success he's enjoying now, but I have been watching him for a very, very long time, like way back in the day when he was a skinny, raw vegan, <laughs> and all the way up until now. Um, but his idea of rewilding, he he really hooked into that term and then it became a thing. Like, how do we rewild ourselves? And he's explored this in a lot of physical ways. Exercise, food, water, sun, sun tanning. He just went through this whole thing about no tan lines, I think was the hashtag, trying to get people to get sun on their genitals and their boobs because that creates um, hormone production, healthy hormone production. Super fascinating how we've separated ourselves from nature. And I just love that that, he has made that. Speaking of being redundant but going deeper with something, he has been working with this rewilding idea for years, and he keeps finding new layers to it and new aspects of it to explore. But there was a turning point in his message when he started saying, you know, we never really are going to be able to totally return to what it is to be a wild human and that's a good thing because you know technology is awesome (laughs) but the best we can do is become feral and feral animals are animals who've been bred in domesticity but then they've returned to their wild nature they've kind of gone wild their domesticated animals gone wild (laughs) and In a way, they get to enjoy the best of both worlds because they're free, but they're not above enjoying the fruits 
of domesticity as they see fit. The difference is that they have a choice. And something that comes to mind around this that's kind of funny, back when I worked at Warner Brothers um, on the WB lot, I don't know why, but they had a ton of feral cats. There was just a whole pack of these, I mean a lot of them, dozens of feral cats. And there was like a set uh, in the studio that, it was really cool. I don't know what it was for, actually, but there was a lagoon and all of these trees. So there was like a little wild patch in the middle of this bustling Hollywood studio, and the cats would like hang out in there. But I worked with this producer, this line producer, Julie DiCataldo. If you're listening, Julie, hello. But she would go out and feed the cats. She would like bring cat food to work with her and like go out and the feral cats would come in and like take her food because they weren't above the pleasures of domesticity but then you know you could never catch them or pet them or hang out with them because they were feral they had returned to their wild nature and I think that that's what a lot of us are doing I got a little sidetracked because you know how I like to look up words, um, like the etymology of words and dictionary.com. I like to just look at the basic definitions that we use because I think sometimes that can be revealing. But when I put the word wild in Google, the first thing that comes up is the movie Wild with Reese Witherspoon um, based on Cheryl Strayed's book, which I did a book nerd post on. By the way, if you're into reading those book nerd posts, you can go look that up. Uh, really cool book. I saw it before, I read it before I saw the movie, and I'm so glad I did because I think the book goes a little bit deeper. But nonetheless, I got sidetracked, so I didn't even get around to looking up the etymology or the dictionary definition of wild because I thought it was so interesting that that's the first thing that comes up when you do a search for that word and I'm like scrolling down the page like surely I must be finding the definition in all the top um, hits for the word wild or about this movie and I just thought that was hilarious but also very telling about our culture because in that movie Cheryl Strayed it's a biographical movie it tells the story of a woman who was lost in addiction and stuck in her grief over her mother who had died. And and she actually, she hikes this huge perilous whatever. I can't think of the name of it right now. It's not the Appalachian Trail. Oh, dear. I can't remember. California to Washington. She hikes, like, through the wildest wild nature. So she, like, went back to nature in an attempt, a successful attempt, to process and grieve her mother, to reconnect with the spirit of her mother, but also really to find herself, to find her true and wild self, to get in touch with her true nature. And I think that this movie, this book, is very timely because so many of us are craving that connection now. And it's exciting to see someone who went to such great lengths to reconnect that way. And I think a lot of us are into all of these witchy things because nature brings us back to ourselves. You don't have to, like, rub off your toenails with too tight hiking boots and risk, you know, getting raped out in the woods by um, strange random hikers and go without water and 
food <laughs> for days on end. There are ways to connect with nature that aren't quite as extreme, and I think that's what a lot of us are trying to do. Nature brings us back to ourselves. It brings us back to our own wild nature, the wild mother, and our own wild hearts, really. We talk about being heart-centered in this kind of like almost ethereal, disconnected way, but I think being heart-centered is actually the opposite. It's it's a very physical, physical, grounding, wild thing. And that is why I put this quote in uh, yesterday's book nerd post by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. She's getting a lot of airtime this month. I feel like I should get a commission. <laughs> I just love her. I have no agenda but to share. She said, the psychological and physiological center is the heart. In Hindu tantras, which are instructions from the gods to humans, the heart is the anahata chakra, the nerve center that encompasses feeling for another human, feeling for oneself, feeling for the earth, and feeling for God. It is the heart that enables us to love as a child loves, fully, without reservation, and with no hole of sarcasm, depreciation, or protectionism. I love that. And I, it also brings to mind for me this whole idea um, that I also keep circling back on, as above, so below, as within, so without which in the context of today's conversation to me means nature is not just out there in the wild. Nature is also in here, in your wild heart, as within, so without. Nature's out there, nature's in here, because you are nature. And I don't know why I keep talking about book nerd posts. I guess I have I have books on the mind. I posted some goofy thing on Facebook right before I came on to do the show about how I can't remember how it goes. It's really cute and funny, and you'll just have to go see something about how reading lots of books makes you, can turn a muggle into a wizard, something goofy like that. (laughs) So I think that's why I got books on the brain. But another book nerd post I did that I felt kind of weird doing because it looks so girly and superficial and fluffy on the outside. It's like this super pink book. Even the title, it's called Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. But it is deceptive. The title and the look of it is deceptive because it actually goes very, very deep. And it's about what I was saying about nature in here, nature in your heart, nature in your body. You are nature because it's a book about getting in touch with the nature within through your senses. It's about sensuality and coming alive through your senses. And I think that that really appeals to a certain kind of woman. You know, like we're like, yes, bubble baths and scented candles and I'm getting in touch with myself. And then there's other women, like my sister, for example, who are like, ugh, gross. <laughs> Nothing pink ever, please. I think of Shonda Sumpner, who actually reminds me of my sister. She is a business coach. Shonda I love her because she's like, tell it like it is Shanda. I think I'm saying her name wrong. Shanda Sumpner. Um, She's very, like, kind of gruff and to the point. 
and no bullshit, and I really appreciate that. If I'm ever going to hire a coach, it's going to be someone that talks to me like that. Otherwise, I'll just have a friend fluff me up and tell me how awesome I am. (laughs) But if I'm going to pay someone to help me move my life forward, I want them to tell me the truth, and she's really great at that. But um, something that she does is she makes her clients run. She has them train for marathons and half marathons, Because for her, getting sensual is about getting physical in that way. And there are lessons you can learn about business and life through challenging yourself physically that you can never learn from a book, speaking of book nerds, or from intellectualizing and taking courses and strategizing mentally. The physical reality is not going to be so easy on you. It's tough love. Mother Nature is, she's the dark mother. She's going to teach you through tough love, but the rewards, it's challenging. Not everybody can hang with it, but I recommend you do because the the rewards are so great. So I really appreciate that that she takes that approach. And then she reminds me of my sister because my sister is, a Christian. She kept with the religion I was raised in and she goes to church every Sunday, but I she would not be pleased to hear this, but I personally believe that her real religion is running <laughs> and endurance races. This is what she's truly passionate about and what makes her come alive and it brings her back to herself and she does it all the time. She has Marathons aren't enough for her. Now she has to do these things. I feel like they're called mega marathons or something. It's like three marathons back to back to back. I don't know. It's crazy. Um, But it gets the air moving through her lungs. It gets her blood pumping. It gets her in touch with all of the elements because many of these races she she does, they're endurance races. It's not just about running. It's about actually getting in to nature. So they're super dirty and they engage all the senses. She's in the dirt and the mud and the blood. There is lots of blood and even shit, which I won't get too much into it, but people like lose their bowels trying to do these races, you know, and then there's trudging through water and um so all the elements are involved and it's interesting how it really I see it builds her self-esteem, it creates confidence and it teaches her lessons that make her a kick-ass real estate agent and a better mom and a better person. And these are lessons that I think certain factions of the New Age community are perhaps unintentionally. I'm going to assume it's unintentionally, but they're actually teaching us to avoid. Like the Ascension Movement, which I so love to pick on. <laughs> this whole idea of like, what dimension are you operating on? I'm a, you know, seventh dimensional being. You know, your soul may be multidimensional. In fact, I would argue that it is. But it has agreed to participate in this 3D reality because there are lessons to be learned here and character to be built here that cannot be had in the higher dimensions. And I think this is why we have a lot of, mental illness in that faction of our community. It's a kind of reverse snobbism that says, yes, my life is a total mess, but it's that way because I feel too much. And then the spiritual community leans in and validates for you that. It says, yes, yes, 
That's because you are special. You're an empath. You're an ascended master. You are superior, above, beyond, better than. And that is exactly where you will remain, untouched by life and alone. (laughs) Am I being too extreme? Probably. (laughs) But I would like to play devil's advocate here and say that that's a lie that keeps you locked in fear. You're not anxious because you just feel too much and you're just so super-duper psychic. You're anxious because you spend too much time hanging out in your head, in your upper chakras, where you feel a false sense of safety, security, and control. It's a kind of spiritual addiction, a fantasy land that you can escape into where you control the the players and no one can touch you there. But you're not really safe, are you? You're not really secure and in control because the anxiety persists. No matter how much you try to eat it away or smoke it away or fuck it away or chant it away, it always comes back. So why do you think that is? I think it's because you're not meant to live in the fifth dimension. You are not meant to exist in your mind and your soul is imploring you now to come back to your senses. Literally, literally, come back to your senses. And that, if you're wondering, like, well, how do I come back into my body? How do, Your senses, your senses will guide you. Do something that gets you in touch with your senses. Go for a jog, if nothing else. <laughs> and I'm not trying to shame anyone around this. I'm mostly just making fun of myself because I've been there And I think that so many of us go there because we grew up with religious doctrine that trained us to believe that the body and all the earth's inherent pleasures are bad or somehow shameful. So it would make sense for us to gravitate toward new age doctrine or even special diets that tap into that nerve. They tell the same story, but it's wrapped in a different package with like crystals and glitter temporary tattoos and flower essences. (laughs) So it's like the same exact ideas in disguise. And it's interesting too how you can actually present this story about how you need to deny the body um, to people who haven't even grown up with such doctrine. And they will eventually through the threat of violence and disease and persistent coercion fall into step. I think of, you know, native people the world over, the white people with their hellfire and brimstone, they have taken over just about every nook and cranny of this planet with this idea of bypassing the physical for rewards in the afterlife. And I think that that's because the fear you know is always less scary than the fear of the unknown. So yes, that tiger is chasing me and that is scary. But an invisible God who sees and knows my every deviant thought and will punish me for all eternity is even scarier. (laughs) And I'm not trying to pick on Christians. I think this is true for someone walking a Christian path as well. You can just frame it in a different paradigm. You can say, okay, the Lord Jesus gave me this amazing body and blessed me with this life here on this planet that God created for me to participate in. And I need to be fully present 
here now, even though I know I'm going to move on to heaven and it's going to be that much better in the afterlife. Enjoy this now. So this is my path. I I have (laughs) – it's funny. I sound. People always say witches don't evangelize, and um, we're not trying to convert anyone to our religion. And I know I sound like that sometimes, but I'm not trying to. I have absolutely no desire to convert anyone to my way of thinking. I don't even have a religion to evangelize. <laughs> this is just my path that I'm sharing here. This is just what I'm excited about. But having said that, I do have a fun little challenge for you. I challenge you this week, the new moon in Cancer would be a beautiful time to do this. I challenge you to create for yourself a spell, a ritual, or just a special moment of intention setting in which you engage all five of your physical senses. So sight might include like a psychedelic poster or a scrying crystal or bowl or wearing rose-colored glasses, that might be fun. Smell would include working with essential oils or incense, Um, but also the smell of an eraser or fresh pencil shavings, for example, can bring you right back to your childhood. So get creative with that. Touch, like the bark of a tree, a silky piece of satin or coconut oil, sand or sound, could be wind chimes or running water or music or the ticking of an egg timer. Taste could be an orange slice bursting in your mouth or a pinch of salt that makes you gag. But the point is to stay in the sensuality of the moment and see if your other senses, the ones we lump into the umbrella category of the sixth sense, intuition, peace, foresight, trust, empathy, See if they come to the fore once you engage the physical with your full presence and give your mind a rest. So dance your prayers, have a funeral for that dead relationship, eat your big, bright, juicy future, and until we meet again, much love, peace. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! (sighs) Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, (sighs) hmm, you can stay one step ahead of stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty, large black bags. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.